Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 78. We're back after a short hiatus and we're here to talk about how the England setup is going to look uh, in a few months when they go on tour to South Africa. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, uh, welcome back. Uh, apologies, it's been a been a little while, but we um, we 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 felt that it was time for a for a short break. Obviously, after the uh, disappointment of the Six Nations um, and with some pretty big fixtures coming up for England over the course of the next well the next eighteen months. But um, you know, before all that happens, we've obviously got the uh, the South Africa tour. So we just thought, yeah, let's take the opportunity to to give everyone a bit of a breather um, and then come back positive and fresh and raring to go kind of just towards the end of the season and uh, yeah looking forward to, to that uh, to that tour I'm joined of course by Dan who's with me again hi mate hi mate I come with you from the sunny climes of Marrakesh in Morocco lovely how is it yeah it's lovely mate uh really nice uh, sunny weather, and hope- climby <laughs> sunny and climby I mean the hotel is amazing I don't know how how I managed that but uh, yeah, it's it's very nice. So I'm I'm sitting on the sofa in my hotel room, uh, chatting to you, and uh, excited about excited about chatting a bit more rugby because although in theory it's sort of been you, you know business as usual, actually there's a lot of sort of almost England subplots emerging that are going to that are going to be interesting come uh, come the South Africa tour. Well, absolutely. I mean, one of the big one of the big things is still. I don't know what, where, which way he's going to go. Like, who, how's he going to play this? Obviously, we know South Africa are going to be presenting a much stronger side after the after the kind of the change. I think they've, they've changed all the rules, haven't they? They can now select. Was they, it, they can select anyone, anyone and everyone. Yeah. Well, so, so they're going to be, put, you know, they're going to be putting together the strongest side we've seen from them for a long time. You would think. Um, so it's going to be, you know, where, where we have previously written it off as a bit of a joke tour. That was obviously before the Six Nations. Um, <laughs> it, it's going to be a much bigger test, um, and and I think you know whilst whilst the the victories themselves are not essential to Eddie Jones's plan and to England's plan for the World Cup, uh, I think it would be a mistake to treat it as just another testing ground so so close to the World Cup. But equally, there's the question of you know resting players and getting the balance right, and you know what areas. Do we potentially still need to, to identify options? It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see which way he goes with it. I know we've got our opinions and we'll talk about those. Yeah, it, it is going to be interesting. I'm still firmly of the mindset you need to rest. You need to rest some guys. Some guys absolutely need some rest. Um, as much as anything, it's going to be completely full on uh, pretty much from the start of next premiership season until the World Cup. For those guys involved, it's going to be pretty much full on, non-stop. So I think some of these guys genuinely need a rest. Um, who that, who that entails, I still don't know. Do you do? Do you say all the lions get rested? Do you say some of them? Do you say the Test match lions? Um, do you say lions who are Saracens Exeter get rested because obviously those guys are playing more rugby? I think there's got um, to be a balance between yeah. between you know what England need. Because it's not there's, there is no point in going to South Africa and and playing a second or even third strength side and just getting dicked 
three nil or two nil or how many test matches there are. I don't think they. I don't think. I don't think England and the England setup gains anything from that. Yeah, I, I agree. So my my only thing for South Africa, this is my only sort of, or my key object for South Africa, only take players who have a realistic chance of potentially being involved in the World Cup. I but, see no value in taking a player who's yeah, yeah. who's actually got no chance whatsoever of yeah, being it's not, involved. It's not in, a it's in, not a test for young, for, you know, just to bring in young guys that we've never heard of that yeah. might be stars of the future. I agree with that, but I guess the you know equally if if you kind of take that. Uh, if you take that opinion and then you also say we're going to leave all the Lions behind, you know, England has like 13 Lions. I don't think there's enough yeah, guys do, to do that. Do. I, do you know what? I think there might be. I think there might be. I, I We don't necessarily have to go for it all in thing, but I, the other day, out of boredom as much as anything, I went through thinking if all the Lions were rested, who goes in their place? And the people going in their place are genuine World Cup contenders. Yeah. Don't forget the Lions haven't necessarily shone um, this year. True. Um, well, well, and also actually something that we want that I wanted to talk about in today's episode anyway. It's probably as good a good a place to bring it in. You know, there are three guys who, for me, are are key England players who I also think, because of injuries and therefore time off, you know, should be going on the tour. Um, they're also guys that I think, are, you know, in, in certainly in, in two cases, get almost guaranteed. Uh, unless, unless anything horrible happens to start for England during the World Cup, and that's Billy Vanapola, Ben Youngs, and Manu Tuolangi, none of whom were Lions, admittedly, both, both in the case of Youngs and Vanapola, it was because the you know, injuries and obviously Ben had to pull out. Um, so, family. you know, for personal reasons. Um, but those that's three guys who are who are you know either just back or about to come back um, from from fairly long term injuries, who under different circumstances you'd probably be resting as lions but were unable to be part of that tour so i guess there's three guys right there that you that you would take assuming they so were so i I'd, I'd caveat with saying youngs and vanapola assuming it's right because for, for ben youngs look he, he's got his priorities and absolutely rightly so and um, so assuming it's right from his personal perspective and um, to go on the tour hopefully he will go on the tour uh, Billy, as well, I completely agree. Now, Manu, this is where it gets a bit tricky because I hope they take him anyway. But Leicester, at the moment, are not guaranteed a playoff spot. So, Manu, when's Manu due back? I think it's the end of the month, isn't it? 27th of April, I think they're predicting at the moment. So, he may only have one game between now and South Africa. Is reputation enough for him to book a place I, on that tour? Yes, because of the nature I, I of that agree. tour. I think if it's World Cup, if you're taking your World Cup team away at that point, you maybe have a rethink. You know, if it's the Six Nations, you maybe think, do you know what? You know, like he did say, actually, because Manny wasn't injured, you know, before the start of the Six Nations. It was, you know, you need to you need to get more match fitness. But I think yeah. with a tour, uh, particularly a tour where you're intentionally resting, you know, other players. And let's not forget that um, Jonathan Joseph is now injured and potentially not even an option. Uh, for the tour, whether he would have been taken or not, so so there are gaps in the centres. Um, you know the the kind of the closest thing we have to Manu at the moment is obviously Ben Teo. He was a lion. Do you rest him? Um, I think there's a there's a gap for Manu, even even if he hasn't had the time to prove himself because it's a uh, a summer tour. 
So, no, I may, I, I agree with you. And I, um, for me personally, his reputation's enough as well because he is a bit of an animal, that man. And we know that Eddie but, Jones feels the same way. You know, he's already talked about the fact that Manny Tulangi is the kind of guy that can, that can you know, oh, tear, tear so well, New Zealand defence apart, which isn't something you hear very often. Yeah. Um, and then that's based upon, that's based upon evidence as well. Yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. just... Um, yeah, he is. Um, the only, so I, I guess... My my only question mark over it all is yes, take him yes to, but you know if you're not match fit for a test match, is that you, you know that that can hinder the England performance? But even if that's an option, I'd still definitely have him on that tour, you know, just to get back in England set up to get training with them again from that side of yeah from that I, point. I think in this professional era, um, you know, the match fitness uh, issue is not a, a kind of a physical fitness problem because of the way that they that they um the, the way that they kind of re- recover from injury um, i think yeah. physically he's going to be 100% whether or not he's you know the match fitness is going to be more about performance as you say um, and i think that's a risk worth taking for a tour where where the results don't matter as much i, I don't I'm yeah. saying that tentatively you know but do you know what I mean I, I, I obviously I think there was a time where match lack of match fitness perhaps left players at higher risk of of getting injuries uh, I don't think that's the case these days um, you know recovery is so intense yeah. I think and it, I think yeah. injury is so common regardless of how well, exactly. so so for me if you know Manu we're assuming he's back on the 27th of April if he is and if Leicester then don't have you know, any or very much uh, rugby left in the season, and therefore he hasn't done had had much time to get to kind of uh, improve his match fitness. I still take him to to South Africa. Um, I think I think you have to. I, I think you yeah. can't. I don't think there's another opportunity. Like there is other opportunities, but I don't think you can wait until uh, the autumn and then say, Manny Turnangi, you're our man to take on New Zealand. Yeah. This is the time to see, and and you know he may not have his greatest games, but it's you know it'll give it'll give the opportunity to see if he does the sort of job that that Eddie wants. Um, you know, a thirteen if we if we're assuming Ford Farrell ten twelve. Um, if it's, is it, yeah, are, are we? I'm the thirteen. I'm still not sure because I suspect. I mean, take Manny. So I suspect the likes of Slade will go as well. Um, sort of looking at that 13 spot so it'll be interesting to see what how where eddie's heads at with the whole 13 i think it sticks to the ford farrell 10 12 combination i am starting to get a little bit concerned about that though um ford hasn't had the best season ever his defense is still in, in my mind i'm ford well, is it is it international level? Is it World Cup winning capable? That yeah. that that's how I want every question to be asked about England rugby right now. Is this the way this person's playing? Are they capable of being part of a team that's going to win a World Cup? Are, are they strong enough in this area to be part of a team to win a World Cup? And if the answer is no, well, yeah, that answers. I think we need to go elsewhere. I don't think it's just about. Can you know? Are they a reasonable international player? Can they play at international level? I think it's can they be the best in the world and can they win a World Cup? I think the thing with George Ford is he has to go on tour because this is this is almost like a last chance for him to 
to kind of prove to Eddie Jones that he is the man for the job, if if in fact he is. Uh, I know that, well, I don't know that, but we, we both feel that Owen Farrell is one of the guys that should be rested. And I think that's fine, because there are people like Owen Farrell that can sit in, sit in at 12 as a second playmaker. Um, and uh, and effectively, you know, George Ford can play that same game. Um, but I yeah, I do feel like this is the test where if at the end of this tour he's still not quite looking like he might be the guy to do, as you say, you know, be able to be the guy that can, can help win us a World Cup, um, then then that's the time to say, OK, we've got to make some changes. And, you know, the obvious one is Owen Farrell moves to 10 and opens up opportunities in the middle, particularly if you've got someone like a Manu playing well, you know, and you've still got a JJ and, and obviously there are others too. Um, and you've got Ben Teo, although I'm not sure I'd see... It's scary for the opposition, but I'm not sure I'd see uh, Manu and Tio in the centres together. But it, it's it's not the most uh, sort of innovative and creative of uh, of, of centre partnerships. Ford quality playing the office so much, he just needs to man the fuck up. Yeah, I, I mean we've we said it before. The thing with George that's Ford, that's my is expert opinion. If England have you know incredibly quick front foot ball, there's probably no one else you'd want at ten. Yeah. Um, and as much as as much as I feel like England need to make sure they do get incredibly quick front football, they, you know you do need someone at ten who doesn't then just disappear into the background if that's not happening. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think that's what it comes um, down to there. But um, so yeah, I think he definitely has to go because I think this, I, is, this is the yeah, time to I, decide. Yeah, I want George Ford to go. Um, and and to go as the first choice. But under the kind of with the knowledge that he does need to prove that he's capable um, of but owning I, that show. I want I want another ten. Be it a Marcus Smith, be it, it won't be Danny Cipriani, but be it a Danny Cipriani, Marcus Smith. I want Eddie to take number ten as a direct competition, saying, okay, almost saying, look, Owen Owen's twelve, that's stable. Now now we've got to figure out who our ten is. Yeah. I almost want him to have another competition, not a, oh, if it doesn't work out, we can move Owen there, but almost a... Yeah, well, sort I, of, that's true. I wasn't even thinking along those lines, but no, you're absolutely right. That's um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. I, I guess the problem is is that the other 10 is going to end up being someone that's not necessarily an out-and-out out 10. I'm not sure whether Marcus Smith, uh, would whether Eddie Jones would see him as ready to take on the, the 10 shirt hey, for, England, for a World Cup, but you we, never know. We, 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 Mate, we've said before there's there's pretty much fifteen internationals between now and then. He's 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 ready to, and good enough to play top level uh, Premiership rugby. Sure. I, I I think we've got to stop. I think we've got to stop treating the. Treat, I was just going to say. I think we need to stop treating the little boy like a kid. But that's not really. Uh, I mean, that's you make a fair point. The you best make, way to word it. You make yeah. a fair point. Uh, but I think we need to stop treating him like a kid and just say, do you know what? You've held your own in the Premiership, and you're more than held your own in the Premiership. Yeah, Let, I mean, let's see what you got. Eddie Jones let's clearly see what you got, little boy. Eddie Jones clearly doesn't doesn't regard him too uh, lowly. Um, you know, he's involved him in the England setup for some time now, and he's the kind. Of, Eddie Jones is the kind of guy that has probably had a plan for for the last two years, and maybe maybe that plan is about to kind of reveal itself, and and someone like Marcus Smith is in you know, on the cards. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether or not uh, whether or not he does take him and how the, and how he gets on, uh, if that is the case. Um, the other one I've got for you, the other question I've got for you is, 
assuming that Owen Farrell doesn't go, yeah, um, and on the basis that Eddie Jones has said that he's already got two playmakers in the middle in Ford and Farrell, therefore he wants a more out, you know, more traditional fullback. Do you consider Alex Good at fullback being the best fullback in the Premiership at the moment and for some time? Uh, see, I I do, but I know Eddie won't because Eddie thinks that. Eddie thinks that, um, you, you know, that's one too many playmakers if you've got Ford, Farrell and Good. But, yeah, but that's assuming that you have got Ford and Farrell at 10-12 exactly. or, or that you have got another fly half and Farrell at 10-12 rather than Farrell moving to 10, which is obviously an option. Yeah. Um, and, and like a TO at 12 maybe, yeah. And if, so, if that's an option that you take, then you need to have options elsewhere do you know what i mean so it's and so what better opportunity to try them out than when you don't have your you, you know your, Mate, your we're, traditional we're, we're, we're thinking we're thinking exactly the same line and so my answer to you is yes i'd like to see that do i think it will happen no i don't right, well, you heard i don't first. think eddie's bought into the good at fullback as that playmaker but you, you're absolutely right because if if for argument's sake, Ford isn't the answer at 10 and Farrell is, and then you've got a T.O. or a Manu at 12, yeah, there is room for another playmaker. And and Good is just awesome. The guy is just an absolutely brilliant player. And it answers and, questions at the back. You know, we talked about Watson at the back, um, but maybe that's not the answer. You know, maybe Anthony Watson is better off on the wing, I, you know, or... or I don't know. I mean, it creates a whole load of new problems if that if that happens because you've got Watson, May, and Daly, you know, all seemingly un unmovable uh, from the back three in in one in some, some format or another. But but he, and Noel, of course. So Noel Noel is playing like an absolute beast at the moment. He's absolutely bossing it for Exeter. So and um, yeah, but he's he's my sort of sl- slight gripe at the moment uh i think one of my issues i i think is that players seem to be pigeonholed too much sort of saying oh he's a creative player he's a crash ball motion sort of say i don't think we give them enough credit or when i say we i don't think sometimes and this is just my personal opinion the england's coaching staff give players enough credit to say yeah alex good is a creative guy but do you know what he can be a really solid fullback as well yeah and, well, and, it, it, he is a solid fullback. I, I, I agree yeah. with you. I don't really understand the theory that we've already got enough playmakers. I yeah. don't understand the harm of having. I mean, if your fullback was was you know a really aggressive runner, you know, very very different to a playmaker, then you might want him for those for those kind of qualities. But to say no, I just want a, a sort of a, a pretty standard fullback. Because I don't want another play. I don't. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't, it doesn't really make any sense to me. Why not? Yeah, have, why not have? Can you seven imagine New Zealand saying that? Can you, why, why not have seven play? You know, all the talk about yeah. how props need to be able to, you know, need to have hands like backs. Well, if if you've got seven playmakers at the back, do you not then just have seven amazing, you know, brilliant rugby minds working together? Mate, I'm with you. I'm um, with you, brother. So yeah, I mean, there's probably little point in in making too many more uh, kind of presumption presumptions <laughs> presumptions <laughs> about, oh, hey, about taking a real beating today i know uh there's probably no point in making too many presumptions about what's going to happen because we're going to find out soon enough um, i know we did actually say we were going to put together our, our selection and we will do that um maybe try and do that for next week 
Um, can, can we wait till we know who are in the uh, who's in the playoffs? Yeah, we can do. Um, because at the moment, Saracens extra guaranteed a playoff spot, extra guaranteed a home place. But the other two places are up for grabs. At the moment, I believe it's Wasps, Newcastle. But in theory, it could still be, you know, there's still a chance for Leicester. I think Gloucester might be in with a shout. Sale might be a little bit out of it. But there's still, you know, plenty of chances. And I do think that will make a difference. Yeah. Well, let, okay, well, let's do that. Then let's wait until we know what the uh, what the playoffs are going to look like. And then and then we'll put together our prediction um, for what we think the, the tour will look like. And you know, see how it compares to when when the official tour squad is announced. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely do it before it's announced because the other teams, like from that perspective, that I'd look at and take this into account is you look at uh, Quinns and Northampton. They've been absolute dog turd. Yeah. Uh, and they've got players. And you're like, do I want some of these players? I mean, some of them, like a Danny Kerr, you're like, yeah, of course we want him involved. But there's players... Perhaps periphery players, maybe not in Eddie Jones' eyes, but in our eyes, maybe Rob Shaw's one of those periphery players now. Yeah. Do I want him there? Does this, I mean, the Dylan Hartley question with regards to, um, you know, how how Northampton are going. Uh, is, is he right? Is he in the right frame of mind? I think the Dylan Hartley question can only be answered when when there's a, a clear alternative to him in in terms of leadership and I think the Six Nations highlighted that England still lacks leadership worryingly so right Um, Jesus and and so right now I don't see an alternative to Dylan Hartley for for that reason as much as anything else yeah I, I there is and there is an answer I don't have it but there is an answer to it because there seems to be a bit of a anti-Dylan Hartley thing going on at the moment. And I don't want to jump on this bandwagon because I'm not anti-Dylan Hartley. But uh, like on Facebook, I've seen a few things about, sort of, I think, with Dylan Hartley over the years when he sees red. But to me, I'm like, do you know what? That's all bullshit. Yeah, fine. What he's done previously, he's not doing that in an England shirt. He's not freaking out getting sent off in an England shirt. So yeah, exactly. <clears throat> let's not let's not hold past. J- judging from what he does in an England shirt, not what he does in a Northampton shirt, and and uh, and what he's done historically. Yeah, um, but yeah. but in the meantime, you know, you, he he definitely needs competition for that leadership yeah, position. Yeah. And I know that Owen Farrell's a possibility, but I still stick by what I've said in the past. Um, despite the fact that I think I, you know, I may be proved wrong, which is that I think Owen Farrell already has a role as a leader that, that isn't going anywhere, whether he's got the captain's armband or not. Um, and with all the other duties that he has, I just I think I think you need someone up front. I I I'm inclined to agree. I know who I've said. I, I'd like to see Launchbury. Uh, you just need Launch, but I mean, Launchbury didn't have a great Six Nations, and you, and you need. You know, I know, I know, we don't have it in in uh, um, you know in the current setup, but you, you need a captain who is really you need a captain who's guaranteed their position. Yeah, I mean, to me, Launchbury, because I don't think any of the second row had a great one. No, no, I agree. To stand out. Um, not, I'm not suggesting, yeah, that Launchbury is the one, the one that's about to get the boot, but I, you know, I do think it's such a competitive spot between kind of the four of them. Possibly with some others coming coming up the middle, uh, it's 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 a difficult one. But then equally, we so talked about Maro. I don't think he's ready yet. But we talked about Maro, didn't we? As a future England captain, and yeah. So here's a massive outside shout 
and and this is a bit of a ridiculous thing, but I'm still going with it. If Haskell goes on the tour, has a great tour, great start to next season with whichever club he's going to be attached to. Um, good autumn series. Is he a potential captain? No. Fair enough. I don't no. think so. I think no, I, I think you're right. I, I think, think you're there's right. too but many. To me, he might have that leadership. But, I think. But I, I think he think offers he's... a yeah. I think he offers a type of leadership. Um, but I don't think he's a captain. I don't think he has enough. I don't think the rest of the world has enough respect for him. Okay. Um, I think he's seen as, as a bit of a joke to a lot of you know a lot of people see him that way, and you know we don't. But um, I think maybe that's that would put England under unnecessary extra pressure. Yeah, I mean, I I'm I'm not willing to speak how the rest of the world feel, but I'm not an egotistical sociopath, so you know. We don't need to mind, but you may you may be onto something. Uh, Haskell, the, uh, my thing with Haskell is he's not guaranteed his spot because back row now is starting to look pretty pretty useful. If you've got Billy back and you've got Nathan back, Sam Simmons got, got a hat trick at the weekend. Yeah, uh, Don Armand's playing well. Underhill. Got the Curry boys Underhill. So yeah, yeah I, I, have... Rob Shaw's Haskells, I think, are uh, 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 possibly old news. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, Rob, but, Rob Shaw's there, and but Haskell may well be part of the. May, Haskell, despite being a lion, may well be part of the South Africa tour uh, for the experience that he brings. Um, yeah, just I just don't know what which way Eddie's looking, and you know, given what happened in the Six Nations, I think I think his possibly whatever he had in in the back of his mind before his uh, things have changed a bit. So. Um, yeah, it, it'll be it'll be interesting. We need to have we need to have a good think about this, don't we? We yeah, we do, and and it's something I have been thinking about. But like we say, almost because players are like as I was saying earlier, a bit pigeonholed. It's giving too many alternatives rather than sometimes just saying who are the best players for this position, and you know they can do a job as as required. So on that, I want to move on. Bearing in mind what happened in the Six Nations when Ben Youngs got injured. Yes. If Ben Youngs and Danny Kerr go on the uh, South Africa tour, do you take a third scrum half? And if so, who? Uh, yes, you do. Um, not Wigglesworth. What about like, Dan Robson? Yeah, mate, I agree. Yeah, no, no, that's exactly. I, I would have said exactly the same thing. I don't. I have said so... yes. You need a third. I think you yes, possibly. I think I know he wasn't a lion, but I think you possibly even leave Danny Kerr behind because I think he's done enough. To, to kind of ensure that he is part of the England setup. Yeah, that's um, sure. So maybe a, so what? Maybe a Youngs Wigglesworth. Yeah, and I, I think if Youngs hadn't got injured and and it continued to be Youngs starting, Danny Kerr coming on for twenty minutes, I think you'd have taken Danny Kerr on tour and possibly had him as your starter. Uh, but given that what happened in the Six Nations, um, and not that I'm in any way suggesting that Danny Kerr played badly and Ben Youngs would have done a better job because I, I genuinely don't think it's on Danny Kerr. I don't think he was too slow or any of those. I think, the, I think the, the ball that was provided to him, he did what he could with it. And I think Danny yeah, Kerr would have had the same problems with that, you know, with the same team playing the same way. Um, but I think Ben Youngs needs to go and therefore possibly you leave Danny Kerr behind and take a Dan Robson. I think you take a Dan Robson definitely. Whether even if Kerr and Youngs do go... If you leave Care behind, I would probably go Youngs, Robson, Wigglesworth. I'm just not sure I'd bother with w- Wigglesworth. 
I, I, that's harsh, but I just I, I think the only who, who I think, else? Though? Well, I think the only reason we, I think the only reason Wigglesworth got the call up in the Six Nations was because of his experience and his ability to adapt on short notice, rather than hey, his kicking game is amazing. Yeah, but, his kicking game. But rather, but boy, what you accept apparently, except when he's playing for England in the Six Nations 2018. Oh, oh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm not sure I would take him because I don't think he's someone who, yeah, you, know, you said at the beginning, guys who, who have a realistic chance of being part of the World Cup, and I don't think he does because I don't think you can justify taking him on a World Cup, you know, with this much advanced, advanced kind of knowledge of what's happening. Um, when you have people like Dan Robson potentially therefore being left out, given their okay. form. So I'd I'd possibly take Care Youngs and Robson or even just um Youngs and Robson. Is Faf de Clerk from Sale? I'm pretty sure he's not English qualified, but if he was, I'd love to get him involved. It sounds more like he's but South actually, African. <laughs> I, I, he is South African, I uh, whether he that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean he's not English. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Uh, well, um, yeah, I mean if, if he's English and South African and he can play for England, let's take him just to annoy them. So the other thing we're saying is, so and I'm jumping from position to position, but if you're looking at a 12, a sort of, a, you, you know, almost a sort of crash ball, hard man, 12 merchant, Brad Barrett's the best in the premiership at the moment. Is he, has he got a potential? I, I, I've no idea. I kind of feel like Brad Barrett is, is I don't know, mate. is he one of those guys that's just brilliant for his club? Is that harsh? Maybe. He was yeah, all, I, I, mean, I think for England, you know, he's obviously had an England career, and, and you know, he was hard then, but he just he was never he was never a match winner. No, and and I don't think and I don't think he is now. No, um, not, not at international level. So I, I I I don't think so. Not when you, with with, he, with he Manu's and JJ's and um, uh, and Tio's. <sighs> You know, and, and various others. You know, the kind of the, obviously Farrells and potentially some of the other guys that could step in and play that Farrell role. I, yeah, I just don't think there's, I don't think there's any need to be thinking about bringing in someone else. And if you look, and, and I would, and I would pick Manu or uh, Tio as my crash ball type player over him anyway. I think yeah. for, for England. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I think you're on to. I think you've got a point there. Uh, I was just thinking because he has been, and I saw a stat the other day that when he played, like the win percentage of Saracens when he plays compared to when he doesn't. Yeah. But I think that's because he's so integral in the sort of whole Saracens build up. And oh, there's more to key, it than that. Yeah. He's captain, yeah. isn't he? Uh, yeah. 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 Oh, is he captain this year? I think so. Yeah. yeah I, I believe he's still captain. captain. And he, yeah. He's, um, like, he's like a Saracens kind of sweetheart that he just. Everybody absolutely loves him, don't they? But that doesn't necessarily make you a great international player. Yeah, um, true. Um, right, we we said, and and again, I'm jumping. We said we're going to mention this, so can we just get this bullshit out of the way? Bristol. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, my friend. Yes. Somebody get in touch and tell us why the fuck Bristol <laughs> have changed their name to the Bears. The I mean, don't get me wrong. We we weren't massive fans of the Shoguns. Uh, we both went to uni in Bristol and we saw a lot of them uh, when we were out there and weren't huge fans then. But uh, the Bristol Bears, it sounds soft. Makes me think it of just, cuddly toys rather than anything 
hard. The Bristol Care Bears. Yeah. yeah, I just, I, it's a rebranding thing. The Bristol Bear. I, 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 I remember. I always think um, it's disrespectful to the guys that got themselves back into the Premiership. Yeah, you know, it's almost like you've you've done all this hard work. You finally got yourself back in the Premiership. We're going to change your name. We don't want anyone to remember that you're the same people that uh, that went down. Yeah, because it was. I mean, as of recent, it hasn't been the Showguns. It's just been Bristol Rugby. That's true. What's wrong with that? What's yeah. wrong with that? Yeah, true. Uh, but they're all doing it, aren't they? They've all got silly names, so they need to they need to do their bit. Yeah, but Bristol Brontosaurus. Is is Brontosauri? Is that to say that one? Very good, very good. <laughs> no, 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 I have no idea if that's right, but yeah, but, yeah. I mate, we said I, we said we'd mention it. Done. Good luck, Bristol. Well done for getting promoted, and I really hope, and I think they will be competitive. They've made some pretty big signings, um, but. Just I don't, I don't know. Rename yourself to Bristol Bellens or something. It'd probably be, probably be a better name. But you know, good for them, and hopefully they will be competitive. Actually, next year, so next year, unless Northampton and Quinns sort their arse out, they could be in for a relegation battle with Worcester. And and you know, let's be realistic, Bristol are likely to be bottom half of the table. But it could be, it could be a very close run thing next year. Yep. Um, which would have impact on the England lot as well, especially with the England boys, you know, at Queens, um, at Northampton, even. Well, yeah. Even Worcester. I, I think they'll turn it round. Um, I, I think you know. It's a, don't forget who, who, Queens. Do you mean? Yeah, Queens and and uh, Northampton and teams like this. I don't think they're going to continue this this run. They're looking at the players that they have. It's uh, yeah. I just can't see it. I, I I do agree, but I've been saying that sort of all season, and uh, and they've mugged me off every time. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you think we want to cover? In no, our, I don't in think our, so. I in don't, our, come, our comeback episode. Yeah, it's it's nice to be back. It's nice to like. I, I, you're right. I think we needed we. I, I don't mean we'd have done it justice to just push on through sort of week after, but no, it's it's good to be back. Uh, I think I think we've. In very broad terms, mentioned a few things, mentioned a bit about sort of the England lot, and you, you know, as as the playoffs and stuff are getting nearer and nearer, as is the South Africa tour, as is the England Barbos match, and there's some uh, pretty pretty exciting England rugby stuff coming up in the next uh, the next few months. Yeah, so we can get back on it, uh, and uh, and yeah, get ho- hopefully you, hopefully you're all still listening. Um... Hopefully you haven't given up on us uh, after a little hiatus um, because, yeah, lot, lots more to come. So, uh, as always, please rate, review and all the rest of it. Share with your friends and family. Um, let them know what we're doing. Get them to join join this journey. Um, and we will be back next week, next Tuesday, um, with another episode and, uh, and bring you all the latest news as we've read it, <laughs> listened to it, watched it. Um, and uh, and continue the discussion. Uh, Give our unique opinion on it. Exactly. Uh, as always, as well, guys, get in touch on Twitter at England Rugby Pod. Same on Facebook. Um, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Yeah, I'm going to go find the good woman, sit by the pool, and probably order in a bottle of wine. Lovely. So uh, I'm going to get back yeah. to work. So I'll <laughs> ca- catch you next week, guys. Enjoy. Cheers, guys. <laughs>